We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into OBR Film Breakdown. It's Jake Burns. I'm riding solo on this one. A bit of a weird weekend. You probably saw my post on Twitter and didn't really have the time to go through the game the way I wanted to, uh, kind of dealing with some some personal family matter stuff as we lost someone in our family. So, um, you know, just again, weird, not my normal Sunday, not a normal weekend. And uh, But again, always want to have a podcast up on Monday if I can in any way have a podcast up. So this is going to be a quick hitter, not going to go deep dive until I really rewatch all 22 and have a chance to discuss it with you guys. I mean, it sucks, right? A 29, 12, um, Browns loss, which looks worse than, than what it was. Obviously. I mean, this game is 14, 12 midway through the third quarter. It's into the fourth quarter at 17, 12. And then we all know what happened in the fourth quarter that makes it look a lot uglier than what the game actually was. So, you know, again, if you're an Ohio State fan and a Browns fan, not a good weekend. If you're a Michigan fan, on top of being an Ohio, or, you know, on top of being a Browns fan, which is more of you than I ever imagined. There's quite a few of you up there in Northeast Ohio, so uh, maybe you get a little offsetting there. But yeah, it's a tough football weekend for the most significant part of the fan base here. So, uh, 29-12 again, the final. The Browns will kind of go through statistically. There's a couple things that stand out. You know, I've talked about the formula this year with Kevin and this this collective group, and it's usually involved in about 20 more plays than the opponent and a jump in time of possession and keeping turnovers and penalties down, right? So um, the Browns did have 19 first downs to Denver 17, but Browns went 2 of 13 on third down. Denver went 6 of 14, and early in the game, Denver was really converting a lot of third downs. That so was just an unusual feeling. I'm sure you, like me, were in the midst of uh, feeling with a, like a lack of confidence on third down, which I had not felt before. And that is unusual considering where they've been this year. So I, I, again, some things that stood out defensively, we'll talk about in a minute, but just a general lack of pressure. I, I felt like this is the first time all year where I felt like the Browns did not manipulate a quarterback mentally through pressure. I believe at this point through the early look at true media, the Browns had 17 pressures, which sounds like a lot, but when they gave up 24 pressures, you kind of get the scope of which team was more impactful in that front. So again, 
the Browns run eight more plays, but they run a yard less per play, and they turn it over three times, and Denver actually had the football for five and some change more minutes in the game. So it doesn't take much to figure out that the formula that they use or have been using for success in their recent win streak has uh, it didn't show up, right? It didn't show up. Uh, the, the penalties were 8-8 eight and eight for both sides, but I thought Denver had some late penalties where the Browns were more self-inflicted, false starts, offside, some things like that. You know, the pass interference, that opening drive, Greg Newsome pass interference, and I thought Greg was really a beat slow all day. Not not a very good game. I'm sure he's going to grade out really poorly, but I just didn't think Greg played very well in this one, and I don't think it took somebody needing to see comprehensive film from the wide view to see that he was severely lacking behind those in coverage that he needed to be covering and obviously did not tackle very well either and thought he was just sort of a weak link on the day in the secondary where they asked him to play some man coverage and he just, whether it was Sutton or Judy, he was not where he needed to be anywhere near as often as you would like. And again, it's tough. He's playing inside a lot, asked to play outside. You'd like him to be better. You know, not a good game, doesn't define his season. I know he wants to be an outside corner predominantly, right? The opportunity isn't quite there yet. In Cleveland, maybe that comes back, I don't know, but just a really poor performance from him collectively. Denver goes for 30 more yards, 294 to 269. They, like I said, had a yard more. The thing that's alarming is that the Browns ran for 107, and they were fine running the football. Kareem was seven carries, 22 yards. Jerome Ford, nine for 65, so a solid yards per carry for him. A couple chunk runs ripped off in there really help. I think there was a 19 and then another one closer to 15, 16 that kind of helped look, make that look a little better than what it is. But the Browns weren't very effective in the run game. Okay. I would, I would say, okay, not as effective as you would hope. And again, I think there's a, there's a popular sentiment out there about Denver's defense, looking at their rush defense collectively for the season. And I don't think you can look at the whole season for some of these stats guys. You really, you have to understand that the Denver team that opened the season one and five is a completely different team than the recent week's Denver team that we have seen them, you know, quite obviously uptick in, in pretty much every facet of the game. And they're playing much better defense. I mean, they're pretty similar run defense to Cleveland in the last five weeks. And that's a more true indication of who they are than they were in the first five, six games of the year. Those are different teams, guys. Those are different different teams at this point. So Denver runs it better than Cleveland. They run for 169, and I thought the Browns just got ripped apart. In the run game, we're going to have to dig up what happened there. Javante Williams, 18 for 65, not stellar, but Samaje P. Ryan, 7 for 55. And then the Browns acting like, again, this has happened multiple times this year where there's a zone read, and the quarterback has nobody around him when he pulls the football. We saw Gardner Minshew have a couple opportunities pulling the football and running. We saw Lamar Jackson have a couple opportunities where the Browns just didn't play zone read, which one person's taking the running back, one person's responsible for the quarterback, and they just get manipulated. I thought that Denver did a nice job of catching them in man and doing a little exchange or they'd have the, the wide receiver crack down on the linebacker scraping for quarterback, but then you have to have the wide receiver recognize that, get off of that, and be able to be there for quarterback pull, and just wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough. They weren't good enough, period, in the run phase. Yeah, Russell Wilson, 13 of 22, 134 touchdown. Hit some timely throws, though. Some big throws, some big rip-off chunks on third down. He did a good job of extending plays, creating some opportunities for them. And like I said, he did a couple things where he's drifting back in the pocket and hit some throws downfield to Cortland Sutton, who's running, you know, relatively 
wide open with several steps on Newsom for big plays. And if you count that early pass interference, Collier looking at, again, giving up closer to 200 yards passing. I, I thought Wilson, the stat line doesn't look good, but he had them in and out of the right plays all day, doing a lot of audible and getting them where they needed to be. And he was effective. He He's trending in a better direction, significantly better direction this year than last year. So um, kudos to him. Played really well, and they needed him to play really well. Cortland Sutton catches three balls for 61 yards, drew another penalty, like I said. So there's even more yardage that could be had there. And he also got called for an OPI, which I did not I did not think that was a very good call. Marvin Mims goes two for 24. Will Jordan Humphrey has a catch for 13 yards. Uh, Judy has two catches on three targets for 11. Again, not an explosive pass game day for them, right? Uh, on the other side, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 14 of 29, 134, a touchdown. P.J. Walker, 6 of 13, largely uh, when the game was clearly clearly over the moment that he came into the game, 56 yards. Like I said, on the running side, I told you what Ford and Hunt went for. Thompson-Robinson ran five times for 21 yards, including a long of nine. David Njoku, who is it's just in his head at this point, and it's sad because I thought he had beat the stigma of early career drops, and we've seen this come rushing back. He had six catches on nine targets for 59 yards, but there's a hundred and some change on the field waiting for him if he catches the football. Cedric Tillman arrived, bunch of targets, five targets, four catches, 55 yards. He surely looked competent to me. Physical play, good job on route separation. I thought he had a really stellar game. Elijah Moore, three catches on nine targets, 44 yards. So a lot of targets, not enough catches there. We're going to have to peel back who's that blame for that mostly. He did drop a ball on the sideline that he had to catch. That was unfortunate, especially in the moment, kind of kind of trying to crawl back into the game late. Probably the worst Amari Cooper game we've seen this year, two catches on six targets, 16 yards, a couple drops mixed in, especially that you know two-point conversion drop. It wasn't a great throw by any means, but he has to go down and dig that football out. So, again, Probably the worst number he's had. Four catches on seven targets for Jerome Ford for 14 yards. Harrison Bryant catches the lone touchdown on his one target, two yards, and a touchdown. David Bell ran a pretty nice low red zone route for what could have been a touchdown if the football didn't get tipped at the line of scrimmage. Statistically speaking, JOK all over the field defensively really played a, a, a vital role in the run game. 12 tackles, best defensive player on the field for the Browns. Greg Newsom seven tackles, largely because he was just there when the football arrived. So that's boosted. You don't want to have a corner with a bunch of tackles, especially an outside corner. That's not a good indicator. Juan Thornhill, six tackles. Taki Taki, six. Delpit Fields and Ford with four. And then a slew of guys with two. Miles Garrett popping his shoulder, apparently. Uh, not what you want to hear. Uh, it's the least effective I've seen him been all season. As far as what I saw in the early portion, he only had one target, or sorry, one pressure on the game. Clearly beat up by injuries. And that's that's the large point here, guys. It's like you know, actually, let's take a quick break. We're going to take a break, our, our, our only break of this episode, obviously, and then come back and just, just hit on big thoughts I had written down and then where the Browns are going into the Rams game coming up this week. So uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So this game driven by, again, kind of looking at my notes here, some key moments. It is... Uh, Brown struggling in the red zone early, especially the high red zone, which is kind of like the 30 down to the down to the 10 yard line. They call that the high red zone. They were not good enough there. Kicked a couple field goals that needed to be touchdowns on nice drives. So that stood out. I have uh, again just kind of notes here. Zone read against man coverage. Talking about Russell Wilson taking advantage, getting them in the. I think he had an audible called pizza. I mean they're they're using 
a bunch of different tactics. They were doing some early down, sorry, early play clock indicators and then getting them in the right runs. And the Browns really struggled with struggled with two back in the backfield looks. Really, really gave them some fits. I thought the Broncos, I'll look at it tomorrow, but I thought the Broncos had some of their best runs, whether zone read or you know, a little wide zone, uh, wide zone lead stuff out of out of the two back look that gave them some stuff. And I, you know, I have Newsom written down, lack of pressure. I thought Russell Wilson was running comfortably in the backfield, kind of scrambling around doing the chaos things that he has done really well uh, over the course of his long career in Seattle. Those sort of chaos plays let Russ cook nonsense, right? That's the that was sort of a vintage sort of feel there, right? Too many drops. I think you're looking at five drops. I'll see what the official numbers say. That that played a, a huge key in the game. I was really encouraged because Browns came out, ran three key drives, 13 plays, 57 yards to kick to field goal, another one, 11 plays before the half, 67 yards, kicked to field goal. And then at the start of the second half, I thought that was the moment where Dorian Thompson-Robinson looked comfortable, and I thought the Browns were going to win the football game. 13 plays, 79 yards, a touchdown. Right with 6:42 left on the clock. Now they gave up a nine-play drive. They they needed to answer again defensively. They got the football back in their hands after the the Broncos took over the ball in the start of the second half. They needed to shut down Denver, get the football back in their hands. Same score, 14-12, riding some momentum. They didn't. It got to 17-12, which is clearly not the end of the game. But in that next possession, that's when you lose Dorian Thompson Robinson to a hit, and you're done. Like again. If you come out in the second half, though, and you, I know you guys want them to run the football more, I understand that's always the sentiment. Anytime, it's funny, you know, asking, leading in from last week to this week, how do the Browns open up Dorian Thompson Robinson more? Right, the Browns won, but people wanted more offense, more throwing. They wanted it to be better. Right now, this week, it's they needed to to reel it in. Can't make it more hard on Dorian. I thought Dorian was really good to start the second half. I don't know how you could you could watch that second half, the start of it, and think that he couldn't handle what they were putting in front of him. So that. That was encouraging to me. When he took over, Cleveland took over the football after the punt. You get a big third down throw of 11 yards on third and eight, which is a great throw. The all 22 will back it up. It's like a fadeaway on timing. Uh, again, it's Cooper's only significant catch of the day, but it was against Patrick Sertan, and obviously it was a great play. You get an Njoku 16-yard catch on a play action that he has to step into the pocket and kind of high release it. Does a good job there. Slides out of the pocket from the gun, hits Njoku again for 17 yards, really rolling at that point. Obviously throws the touchdown, does a great job off that little play action fake from T formation, rolls right, doesn't throw up over top. And I, and I should mention too, in the middle of that, down in the low red zone, he did a great job against the zero blitz, giving Njoku a chance to catch a touchdown that was dropped by Njoku. Not really dropped, they probably wouldn't label that a drop, they'd probably label that as a DB broke it up, but I thought, quite obviously... You know, and Joku's got to come down with that. He really has to catch that football. Singleton broke it up, but he's got to catch that. He's got to reel it in. Like, that's the thing that keeps David out of the upper, upper tier of tight ends is coming down with some of those throws. He's just not doing it this year enough, even though they're they're pumping him full of targets. But they end up, like I said, 13 plays, 79 yards, do a good job of getting in the end zone. Good read by Dorian coming out of that play action, dumping it down to Harrison Bryant, again, I thought he did a good job on the two-point conversion of keeping himself alive and delivering that football. So you're feeling pretty good. Again, Denver goes 9 for 70, kick a field goal, 17-12. Late third going into the fourth quarter, you can still get back into it. They end up coming out, though, incomplete ball to Njoku that he drops. Uh, That could have been huge. Like, he could still, he could have turned that into a huge gain if he catches it. The ball was well-placed. You get a three-yard Njoku catch short left. 
Then you get Hudson in as again we saw rotating players at the right tackle position again. He has a false start. So then you're at third and twelve, and then Dorian got crazy. I, I don't know what it's gonna take for these Browns quarterbacks to protect themselves, but he's running around scrambling, reverses field, tries to throw. Now it turns into roughing the passer, but you know, as we all know, at that moment you lose Dorian for the game. It was pretty obvious he took a nasty hit. Kevin knows he's getting PJ Walker into the game and tries to run a reverse to just get some yards, some cheap yards, and there's a fumble on the toss from Elijah Moore to Pierre Strong. Like, you know, people want Strong to get the football more in space and let him run, and I don't know, man. You can call it 2Q, you can say whatever. Here's the the reality of the situation. The Browns are dealing with backups in a lot of places right now. Kevin's trying to create chunk plays through scheme, trying to help them as often as he can. Should he have run it more in this game? Maybe, right? It's not like they were ripping off 10-yard runs left and right the way I felt Denver was doing a better job with. So it's not like there was a giant pressing need to run, 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 run in this game. They were fine, but I didn't leave that game thinking, boy, they didn't run it enough. I left it thinking they were in their third quarterback again after having the second quarterback who was... (laughs) who was ironically the third quarterback for a lot of games, you know, playing pretty well. So then you get Walker, and he's overwhelmed, and he can't navigate the pocket, and he's coming off the bench cold in the third going into the fourth quarter. It's just like, it's a lot, guys. It's a lot. They're dealing, I'm not trying to create excuses, but they're 7-4. and They're going to probably play the, I mean, again, Dorian's in concussion protocol, So you're probably talking about Flacco having a chance to start in L.A. And he was obviously traveling with the team because there's an obvious indicator here that he is going to be active next week. Like, you're looking at four quarterbacks starting for your team. That doesn't happen. Even getting to three, the way they're at three, that doesn't happen. And the team is a winning record. It's a lot. The injuries are mounting. You're talking about Denzel. We'll see how serious that shoulder is. Shouldn't feel good about that. You're talking about Miles with the shoulder now. So Darius down at various points in this game. You know, on the offensive side, you just you're you're in and out. Your your right tackle, your left tackle, your first right tackle. Now your second right tackle dinged up and and trying to move on. If you miss Joel Batonio's miss games, you lose Nick. Chubb. There's a lot here, and eventually, you have to understand that you can only take so much. You can only take so much. And that margin for error gets tighter. Now, we want the Browns to win, and we're not creating excuses here, but check the reality of if pretty much anybody who makes the graphics or checks the the metric of EPA loss to injuries this year. And it, the Browns are at the top, man, and they're making it they're making it work for the most part. This was a tough loss, but they were in this game into the fourth quarter. It took a really, really great – they had a chance to stop them again and keep it at 20-12 to 12. – but it took a really great Troutman, Adam Troutman touchdown catch on the, on the right sideline where, again, Russell Wilson created. Pass rush wasn't good enough in this game. I think they'll all admit that. He creates time, makes a throw, and somehow that knee gets in bounds, and all of a sudden it's 24-12, and you just felt like in that moment it was too much to come back from, right? I mean, you're starting Jerron Christian. You're taking sacks. P.J. Walker sacked. 
on the next drive out on second 11, third and 15, incomplete pass, and then you got to punt again. You punt again, you do get it back, but then you have the, the throw to Amari Cooper. He's beat up, he's hit hard on that third and 14, but that's where it was going. You know, you just... You could you could sense the writing was on the wall for where the where the outcome was going at that point, and they knew they were swimming upstream, and there's just not much they could do. They went for it on fourth and fourteen at twenty four twelve, eight minutes left, sack fumble. So that's your third turnover. It's not like they were turning turning the football over a lot. You know, obviously it stings to have the turnover early in the game, right? Where you where you have Harrison Bryant getting up under center, and, and if you're like complaining about that, you haven't watched them all year. They've been among the most successful teams on third and fourth and short, getting direct snaps for, to, to to Brian, either quarterback sneaking it, pitching it on the outside. Like, if you're going to complain about that, you haven't watched them. They've been really successful with it. So, obviously, you don't want to lose that football. It's early in the game. It's in the first quarter. You'd already gone down seven points. So, it's a punch in the gut around the four minute mark to lose that football when you're on the, you know, you're out near midfield thinking you're going to have a first down. They did a good job of getting it back. A JOK punched out football again. JOK played so well, punches the ball out for Russell Wilson. So they got it back. It didn't cripple them, but that was a moment in which like they're driving. They can get some points on the board. Every field goal matters scenario. So it was tough to see that one happen at that point. Right. And the crippling ones, the second one, the fumble at 17, 12, very much a game. But at that point, you had Walker coming in. I get what Kevin's thought process is in that moment as they turned over from the third to the fourth quarter after a short run on first down because you had the roughing the passer. And then obviously you're trying to create some yards to get P.J. Walker going, the offense going in the right direction. You're you're fighting uphill 17-12. But that cripples the game. It's, it's over at that point when it goes 24-12. The, the catch by Troutman, all of that stuff. So... Again, 29-12 doesn't tell the story of this. They fought hard. It's the concern going forward is injuries. Another quarterback injury when he was starting to be comfortable. He's got a concussion. Is DTR able to go against the Rams Sunday? The Rams coming off of a big big win, blowout win over the Cardinals, which is not, you know, pretty much everyone's doing that to the Cardinals at this point the way we thought it would happen. But, like, again, as I sit here, I don't feel – overwhelmed by what happened in this game. Obviously, Denver winning, going to 6-5, and five, a game behind you with the head-to-head doesn't help. But the Bills lost. Some teams lost in the middle of this thing. That can You're still above 80% to make the playoffs. They control things. They need to get this game. A split going out west was huge. If they can get to 8-4, and four, come home for Jacksonville, you know, especially you know, the Texans just lost two, you get both of those teams on your schedule looming, you can still... Control all of your fate. You can control all of your fate. So, right, It's it, listen, the Browns had opportunities in this one. They didn't make the winning plays, and the formula wasn't followed. We will see what they're able to do in L.A. The huge news is what the, the, the actual injury is going to be for Miles. That's going to be really tricky, especially since they're not going home. They're going to stay on the West Coast and... If you lose Miles Garrett, that is really, really challenging. But if his arm is in a sling, which it was after the game, and you heard a pop, I would prepare yourself for some bad news. That's all I would say. They, they, there's looming. I wouldn't put anything past. After what we saw with Deshaun Watson out of nowhere, season over, not prepared for that, I would just I just would be prepared for some bad Miles news because it's very possible it could be a labrum. There could be any number of things 
that have happened to that shoulder that you don't want to hear. You know, he was a gladiator. He went out there, he played 40-plus snaps, but there's something off. That's not the guy we're accustomed to seeing this year. It was pretty evident that something was off. So injuries are becoming a huge part of the tale this year. They're 7-4 and four and still control a lot of their fate. Baltimore wins, makes the division tougher. Baltimore's on top of the entire conference going into their bye week. It just, everything is shrinking a little, but it is not panic mode. They can still get to 10 wins. That's probably what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. That's the goal. They have to get this game with LA. There's no doubt about it. Huge one coming up, but you got to see who's healthy and who's not because this game took a lot out of them and um, they left a chance on the field. These quarterbacks have got to protect themselves, man. Got to protect themselves. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. All right, anyway, I'll watch the All-22. Sorry I wasn't around a little bit more during the game. I know you guys like to hear my jargon or maybe the post-game show, whatever. I will uh, try to uptick things in the next few days. So just want to say I appreciate you guys stopping by, making the OBR film breakdown a part of your day. Uh, I thank you for that. And listen, try to have a good Monday. It's not as fun as we want it to be, but try to have a good one. You know, I appreciate all of you stopping by. Have a good one. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.